Hey guys, welcome back. It's Chris Bercher and this is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. And this is episode 58, Change the Broken System. Okay, so I wanted to take a little bit of a pause uh, in the development of the R versus should problem to sort of uh, realize or go over or state some of the assumptions and some of the weaknesses and some of the limitations of this. I realized uh, recently that I used to call out uh, my white privilege and just sort of be aware of the fact that not everybody had the same sort of opportunity or choices or resources available to them to sort of make the same decisions or sort of be for coming from the same place. And I want to argue today that that is absolutely critical and that what I have discussed in episodes 50 through 57 about the R versus should problem are really talking about people that already have a certain level of opportunity, resource, uh, choice, and have their needs met. And this is important because I think it gets at the importance of the R versus should problem and how big it really is and uh, the fact that we need to solve we have some pretty major problems on earth right now and not not to be a doomsday conspiracy theorist it's just it's just a fact um and we'll start with saying that why doesn't everybody have the capacity to sort of deal with the r versus should problem and as I, as you recall the r versus should problem is the the conflict the dissonance between uh, the person that you are and the things that you want to do to, to serve this person, and then the person that you feel like you should be, that the world that you've grown up in and that you live in are pressuring you to behave a certain way. Now, let's let's back off a little bit, and I, I'm thinking about sort of people that have less white privilege, and I'm trying to, I, you know, it started with me thinking about people who grew up in an, you know, a, a really bad um, urban environment, like somebody who, who comes from the projects in, in the U.S., um, and then all the way back to somebody who lives in an impoverished third world country that doesn't have access to clean water or nutrition and places where people are dying from disease. Uh, we, we all can imagine how bad it is uh, around the planet because we see these things in the news. We don't live these things firsthand, and that's unfortunate because then they tend to go away and get off our radar. What I'm trying to do is put these on our radar and put them in the context of the R versus should problem and make an argument about why it's critical that we start to do something immediately. And so as I have described the R versus should problem, it probably only applies to some subset of the human species. Maybe half. Maybe 60%. I don't know. All I do know is that there are literally millions of people who have no interest in the R versus should problem because their problems are so much bigger than that. They don't have time to worry about what people are telling them they should do or to wonder whether or not they're getting their, their you know, creative uh, needs met. They're trying to get food. They're trying to stay alive. Uh, and they're under a different set of pressures. Okay, we can. I, I don't know how to elaborate on that better except to say that some people do not have the resources or the opportunity, and that in order for us to approach the, the solution that, that I am proposing to the, the human condition, the R versus should problem, in order to find a solution as individuals and as a species, we have to get everybody up to a level 
of uh, universal basic opportunity. You know, there's this idea of universal basic income that says, you know, the income gap is too wide and there are too many rich people and too many poor people. And that creates a bunch of problems. And then if we if we just um, sort of standardize how much money people made, then a lot of those problems would go away. I fundamentally believe that. But I also believe more important than that, it's bigger than that. It's not just about money. It's about access to opportunity. And you simply do not have the opportunity to go to Harvard if you grow up in a in a community um, that you're very likely to die because you are drinking uh, tainted unhealthy water or that you don't have enough food to eat or that, that you live in conditions such that disease spreads very quickly and you don't have access to health care, all these other things. Or simply if you grow up in an environment of violence and uh, abuse um, and you just simply don't have access to the same baseline um, needs getting met. And so there are some fundamental needs out there for love and shelter and safety that aren't getting met for a large majority. Let's go ahead and say maybe 40% of our brothers and sisters uh, of, of the human species. We have to solve that problem, right? We have to, we have to elevate opportunity for every human before we can really uh, 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 uh approach, investigate, experience, becoming the people that we we really are meant to be as individuals. You just can't do that if you are in an environment that isn't conducive to that. So we have to change that. But how do we change that? Well, unfortunately, it's like chicken or the egg. I think we haven't been able to fix these problems. We haven't been able to fix world hunger problems. We haven't been able to fix uh, disease in a lot of countries. We haven't been able to fix uh, access to clean, healthy water around the world. We haven't, with all of the ingenuity and entrepreneurship and money, we can fly entrepreneur people to space for Christ's sake. But we haven't been able to solve these problems using traditional methods. And and I'll argue that's because we're we're too far into the should. We have created a value system that instead of universal basic opportunity, we value individual wealth. And that ain't going to work. And so it's like the chicken or the egg again. How do we fix world hunger first? Because we failed miserably at that. Can we really get all the resources together to solve that problem today at this point? Unfortunately, I'm going to say no, or, or we have, we certainly, I don't know how to do that. And the R versus should problem doesn't really get at that, except my argument is that we have to fix ourselves first. You have to put on your oxygen mask first and make sure you have what you need so that then you can go out and help the rest of the world. And I think in becoming the people that we were meant to be, that pathway will become obvious the pathway that results from living the life you're meant to be and focusing on meeting your most fundamental needs beyond safety in those things, your creative needs, your curiosity needs, your needs for love and safety, improving communication, the things that will result from living more in the are and less in the should are obviously going to help the bigger problems of the world. And, and that part of that is related to the purpose of DNA, right? It's in our DNA to perpetuate our species, 
to survive, to live. If you take the ingenuity that is obvious to the human species and couple that with the need to take care of each other, that's how you solve these problems. And so, unfortunately, I will argue that we all have to work on ourselves before we can solve these bigger problems and help everybody else. And then we'll create, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this in a lot of ways, this utopian world where now we, when as people are born, we are encouraging them to become their ours. And we, and you know, we just, we, we, we have to do that first. Um, and part of the reason I think we're having trouble with that right now is there's just simply too many people on the planet. We didn't prepare for it. It happened so fast that a third problem outside the realm of the R versus should emerge. And that is people simply don't have what they need to survive. And, and they kept having uh, more kids because DNA, right? And so I, I truly believe that we have to, you have to start with you. I have to start with me. This has to spread, you know, organically or ho- or however, enough individual people have to be inspired, be encouraged, and be capable of making these changes. And us, as the privileged 50%, 60%, or whatever it is, it really does become our absolute responsibility to solve our individual R versus should problems, to open us up to solving the rest of the world's problems. That's how it's going to work. And so that addresses, and I want to get that out there, the idea that, yes, I'm talking about a problem that was really only a problem for privileged people and that less privileged people don't even have the opportunity to have such a wonderful problem as the R versus should. But for those of us that do, it becomes our responsibility. And this is going to get at um, my fundamental sort of the, the title of this episode is that the system is broken, right? For however long we have overpopulated, abused resources, valued monetary wealth over resource wealth. We, you know, I saw a thing from Sustainable Human that said basically we value a dead tree more than we value a live tree. Think about that because we can get money for it. And that's such a short term. We've just come down to these short term goals. And I, and I will argue that the system is broken because we're all living too much in the should. Over the last 12,000 years, we've, we've, we've pushed more toward the should side and less toward the our side. We've, we've, we stopped believing in magic. We stopped believing in love. We stopped believing in peace. We got too crowded. Problems arose. We dealt with those problems the wrong way. We, we looked at, the, at, at humans as being of different, differing value instead of being equivalent. We lost our connectivity to the planet and each other. Any of you listening to this podcast is not going to have trouble picking up what I'm laying down. And you have your own stories to illustrate this point that we are too disconnected. And if we continue on this path, um, I, I don't see any other way around um, it you know, becoming our doom, if you will. And, and, and that dishonors the incredible species, life form, energy, whatever that we are. 
And I've said before, if you if you don't sort of realize your purpose, your DNA, and express it into the world, you have dishonored your ancestors who fought. And I don't know, what, you know, as this started changing, I think our ancestors more and more phoned it in and, and, and increasingly, you know, denied their true selves. And so, you know, maybe your grandparents aren't, shouldn't be rewarded, but certainly four, five, ten, a hundred generations ago, there was a struggle. And part of the relationship between DNA and natural selection uh, uh, through evolution is that the people, your ancestors that survived, probably did so by expressing their DNA and not listening to some should because, you know, it, it didn't exist. You know, and, th- and that's what's interesting about the less privileged folks now. And if we can, if, if this can happen in several lifetimes or whatever, um, you know, I think it will be so much more meaningful to somebody who literally has no food to eat to sort of go through the stages of now getting their needs met and now being able to sort of express themselves in their environment. You know, maybe they're less prone to getting sucked into the should world. And and maybe there are fewer societal dynamics and rules and fewer shoulds in the first place that will uh, allow those people to, to become their, their ours. And it's starting to sound really cheesy, but I have a couple more points I want to make. And one is that uh, fundamentally, and I'll, and I'll continue to make this argument and it's developing, but I think it's worth sharing now is I have this idea about expressing your DNA that I'm playing with calling the uniqueness imperative. I really feel that it is becoming imperative that we allow ourselves to what I call express our DNA in the, in the, in the most um, t- t- total and complete way possible uh, as the solution to the problems that we have. And then the flip side of that, the cause of most of the problems that we have as a species, as a planet, I think our cause are come from fighting against this genetic predisposition to be a certain person. And I know it's a big, it's a big gap, right? We have this coded information in our DNA and what we've learned in biology for those of us that sort of understand how uh, DNA works and heredity and, and sexual reproduction work. You know, DNA from uh, a male and a female is halved. It's combined. Those two halves now become a whole with half the information of each parent. And now that becomes a new, a new individual that is comprised of half and half. And now it expresses itself in a different way. And Mendel talked about pea pod flowers, colorations, and number of peas and shapes, and mostly phenotypic things. How do we express this stuff as far as what's your height? What's your hair color? Uh, how fast can you run? You know, what's your uh, body mass index? I don't even know what that is. Uh, you know, the, we, we, we think about DNA being expressed through protein translation, right? Where, where the, a piece of the DNA writes for a specific kind of tissue, you know, going back to the matter idea. It's like we thought about this in, a, in an extremely physical way. Well, I'm making the argument that it, it goes deeper than that, that there are emergent properties from our DNA that we don't understand, that we probably lack the capacity to understand at this point, that create who we are. You know, and some, sometimes I wonder if, you know, awareness and consciousness and self isn't somehow in our DNA, right? It would make sense. You know, you have this long history of evolution 
of different species arriving, you know, at, at, at us. And the major difference in us and some of the recent primates, and, and with rare exception like dolphins and uh, cephalopods, you know, intelligence um, sort of emerging, and then sort of this idea of awareness. Uh, and we see elements of what I'm talking about in some of these other animals that I mentioned. But for the most part, it sort of is, is us. And, and so why would that not be an evolutionary development? It's either It either came from our DNA or it came from some alien spontaneous um, you know, punctuated source, uh, right? It, it had to. And so if there is any explanation into why we are aware, it's either super woo-woo in the form of like energy and light from the sun, which I'm also down with, um, or it's, it's, it's related to our DNA. In fact, I think it's all, those all things are all related, right? So the basic argument is that the person who you are, that m- meaning the creativity, the ideas, the thought process, the, 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 the way you feel about things, your emotions, these unmeasurable things that aren't comprised of matter. You know, it's the, it's the dark matter in the universe, right? It's the space. That's what I'm talking about. The things we can't measure also come from our DNA. It's a, va- it's a reasonable argument and it's testable. And that's sort of one of the tenets of the R versus should problem, right? Is that it's quite possible that we can we can make this assumption that who we are comes from our DNA and that we can fully express this by allowing ourselves to develop not just in a physical sense, you know, like uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, right? He probably had a genetic disposition to be uh, super ripped and huge, right? And so he works on that. He spends six days a week, you know, eating the right foods and, 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 and lifting weights and doing all the things that you do. And he developed that skill set that he had a predisposition for. Einstein had a brilliant mind. He spent time developing that predisposition. Think of all the other traits, um, you know, realization of connectivity to the planet, understanding of, of medicinal plants, so many other things that aren't necessarily measurable, but are very, very real. You know, uh, you know. Again, part of the should is like we let science convince us that the only meaningful elements of being human were measurable physical things, and and that's the road we went down. And we said, okay, this is how we're going to learn. Um, but that's incomplete. And uh, as woo woo as it may sound, and as sort of unknowable as it is, and you can argue about it all day, I I, I fundamentally think that. If we can reduce the bad pressures of family, community, the group element of um, imposing conformity on each other and allow ourselves to, to wave our freak flags high, be the people we want, and discuss these things in an open forum, uh, I really think it's going to change everything. And lastly, I uh, sort of alluded to this, I think a huge part of the should world and the problem that is getting worse and has persisted for a long time is the lack of communication and understanding. Language is weird and our brains are weird and we don't always understand for ourselves what we want or need and it's difficult to communicate that with other people. But in my experience... And what I've observed from other people's experience, 
a lot of my day-to-day problems come from a, a failure to communicate. Uh, just like the movie, what we have here is a failure to communicate, whatever movie that was from. Um, Jack Nicholson, I can't remember. Uh, but it's true. I think we suck, you know. But part of, part of the broken system is not only that we live in the shoulds and less in the are and that we encourage conformity and not diversity. It's that we just don't talk about it. And then when we do, we don't do very well. Uh, and the, <laughs> it's so funny because the fundamental way this works is I need something or I want to express something and I share it with the world like I'm doing with this podcast. And then what I need then is for the world to come back to me and say, okay, here's what you told me and this is what I understand. And then I can say yes or no. That's that's right. That's what you understand me. Or no, 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 you don't understand me. We need to have some more communication. That's an effective um, uh, transaction of communication and information. And I think what happens most often is because, because we're stuck in our shoulds, we say things to people and just assume that they understand us because we're brilliant and then walk away. Those people hear whatever they hear through their filters uh, because, and it's completely different from what we meant. And then that goes on and that perpetuates billions and billions of times a second. And, uh, we assume that we know what we're doing and we don't. And so if I can just sort of recap, <laughs> we, we have to change the broken system and it begins with the individuals. And what's broken about the system is we live in communities that either don't have the resources to fully develop their 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 person, their DNA, and express their DNA because of um, you know third third world issues, um, not getting needs met, inequality, not the same kind of opportunities, etc. Or we live in a world where we have privilege, but we endorse shooting ourselves into being conforming to be alike. And to all believe in these same things like the same God and the same money and uh, all of these other things. And what that does is is suppresses our creativity, our curiosity, and the development of new ideas, which is the whole point of biology and DNA. Novel occurrence of new traits, both physical and non-physical, in a world that's ever-changing to allow us to persist through time and that perpetual change. And so in a nutshell, those, those, those tenets and assumptions all are part of the R versus should problem. The, uh, and in order for us to move forward, we have to address our own individual issues, learn how to become more R-oriented and less should-oriented, and this will take care of the rest will take care of itself. Once we hit some critical, it's just like the vaccine. You know, once we hit some critical mass of individual people who are, let's say enlightened or, or think a different way or, 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 or become more true to our DNA. I, I don't know. I don't know what the expression is yet. Then the ideas will be generated. The solutions will, will come to us. And we can deal with the problems and eventually stop them. That that's that's the way forward for humans, and it's really pretty simple, I think. 
And so uh, I wanted to get that stuff out. I hope it makes sense. Trust me that I will continue to develop these ideas individually, massage them, and they will beca- it will become more clear how things relate to one another. And I appreciate you um, assisting me in this process and taking part in the development of the R versus Should problem. This has been Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, Episode 58, Change the Broken System. And I hope that you help me do that. Take it easy.